When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ram fans, this is Rams Up, your favorite LA Rams podcast. We are proud members of the Fans First Sports Network. That's fansfirstsports.com. You can also follow us on YouTube. Our channel is at LA Rams Up. I'm your host, Mark. You'll hear from my co-host, Tom, on occasion as well. Hey, we're not Rams insiders. We're just longtime fans who love talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Another Rams Up Roundtable. I have Paul Walia and Ian Martinez with me. What's going on, Ian? How are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. It's a, been a rainy couple days out here in L.A. And anybody listening in the area, you know, drive safe. I know we're not used to it. Just take a chill pill, cruise control, play your favorite music, listen to our, listen to our podcast, right? And let's all get home safe because I know how it is. We're not used to it. Some people can't handle it. But yeah, I know just, you can. Tune on the pod. You'll be all right. But it's been just good. Follow, just follow the car in front of you. That's my secret. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> how you doing, Paul? Fantastic. Everything is uh, going great. Weather's turning around out here. It's still a little nippy, but like Ian says, turn on the Rams at, up podcast when you're driving to work or on your way home. Relax. Yep. Ease back and, uh, you know. Listen to the the great insights that are shared on a regular basis from Mark and Ian. 
There you go. Yeah, we have a, we have a few things uh, on the table to talk about. The first thing uh, we decided was all these coaching hires, and I'm going to turn on this ticker here that I built that lists them. Um, for those of you who are listening on the pod, what do we have here? We have uh, an assistant special teams coach, Chili Davis, uh, a game management specialist. Is it John Stryker? Is that how you pronounce that? Uh, yeah, I would I would say that's my best guess. As well. <laughs> yeah. Defensive defensive line coach uh, Giff Smith, quarterbacks coach mm-hmm. Dave Ragone, uh, pass game specialist Nate Schielhaus, I, I believe is how we say that. Uh, anyone you any particular coach? When you want to talk about have an opinion on? We talked a little bit about Giff Smith already, didn't we, Paul? Yeah, we did, and uh, you know what's what's interesting. And, and Ian, feel free to chime in. I'll start off a little bit. So we had talked about last time about familiarity being really, really important as we start to look at as they're filling in spots. And what are we seeing? Like, for example, uh, Ram Nation, Ragone is a very close friend of Sean McVay. So uh, they're buddies. So once again, you're seeing the familiarity sort of come into play as, and we said this was going to happen. If they're making a serious run, listen, if I'm an NFL head coach and I'm going to make a serious run, I'm going to bring in guys that I can count on, that I can trust. And that's exactly what you're doing. So they may not have the greatest expertise in the world, but I like what I'm seeing is that they're giving them sort of a a niche responsibility. You're going to handle this, right? Ian, you're in charge of X, Y, and Z. I want you to do it really well. And I know that part is taken care of in terms of whether it's our offense and our defense. But what they are also doing, the Rams are doing a nice job of supplementing that and bringing on these young, impressive coaches from the college ranks, right? And sort of building that sort of internal knowledge base, right? That young, hungry knowledge base. And they have a common thread. The the famous, when we used to talk about Sean McVay and he used to sleep at the stadium or he slept at a hotel across the stadium, workaholics. That he that he sort of loves these people that eat, breathe, and sleep football. That's what he's bringing in because that is really the reputation of Chili Davis and Shieldhouse from Iowa State. Now, I do like that hire in particular. I'll tell you why. I love that Iowa State offense. Those Niner fans out there they like that because of Brock Birdie, right? And and real quick, Paul, real quick, yeah. just everybody because I've seen a lot of confusion on the Rams uh, hemisphere of internet <laughs> it's not the iowa hawkeyes where their offense is not no. the greatest it is not them everybody it is the cyclones they're state are, cyclones they're red and yellow not the black and yellow where everyone thinks defense only okay i saw a lot of confusion like what is mcveigh doing why is he getting an iowa guy it's like no iowa state let's just get that clear okay where brock purdy went to by the way and had a nice big 12 career so Iowa State. I just wanted to share that before you continue, Paul, because I know a lot of people are getting confused out there. No, I appreciate I appreciate that. So the scouting on him has been nothing but positive. You know, I, I took a, a look at a, some great stuff from uh, college ranks and now from the pro ranks, people chiming in. And it was nothing but positive. Uh, rising star, that's how they describe him. Very innovative, great communicator. Hey, who did we used to always say that about, right? Great communicator in terms of working with the players. Um, Like I said, very innovative, uh, works really hard. Uh, 
I think what was interesting that he was almost like uh, in a goat. He was a, a quarterback at Illinois, and he was looking for a, a coaching gig. And like his first real responsibility, he was almost like a special assistant to the head coach, almost like a gopher type setup. And he was willing to do that because he just wanted to get a coaching gig. And they really said that really showed how committed he was. Uh, similarly, uh, great stuff written about Chili Davis. Same thing. Kansas State has always had a phenomenal reputation for special teams. So he's coming from uh, a class sort of um, team that does that very, very well. And he's bringing that expertise. Also described as a workaholic, you know, committed to loves the sport of football, eats, breathes, you know, sleeps it. Um, and he's also very, very um, well described in the way he relates to players and getting the maximum out of the players. That was something that was written about him several times. I really, really catering to the strengths of the players and maximizing their potential. Um, I like that hire. I'm hopeful that it's going to bring some energy to the special teams. Special teams has looked really, really flat the last two years. So I'm hoping this will um, put some energy into that. Um, the higher, Jesus, it's like special teams is what's killing me all season, man. God. Absolutely, and and there's no reason for the Rams not to have a great special teams because oh. almost by de facto, if you have a great offense, you got to have great special teams, right? Because you're playing field position and you have like this depth on your offense where you have great returners, etc. I do I like so. the hire, and I would love to hear your feedback from both of you. Hiring of stretch to handle some of that in-game management some of that decision-making, um, and the Rams are not the first team to do this. Pretty much standard now across the NFL, right? Certain uh, assigning a coach who's responsible for the two versus one, which we know has been a big deal. When do you go for two? When do you go for one? Clock management, when to challenge, those type of things. I think this is a great hire. I think this is going to help Sean McVay tremendously. Um, whatever they can take off his plate, I think is going to be really, really important. So he can sort of just get hyper-focused on what he has to do with the offense and a little, I guess you're not giving up in-game management as a whole when you're a head coach, because you can never do that. But I think, I just think it just shows how seriously they're taking 2024. And and it also hopefully shows that McVay actually has some self-awareness because he hasn't been good at that. He has not been good Guys, clock management and oh, timeouts. Guys, think about all the burnt timeouts when the play clock is going to hit zero and we're going to get a penalty. How many times have we burned timeouts through the last six, seven years? It has to be some of the most in the league. I, I can't, I couldn't find that exact stat, but just watching other games, watching us and how insanely tilted in our negative direction that is, we have to be number one in burnt timeouts before the play <laughs> clock. We have to be. So, what is it, John Stryker we're talking about, right? The yeah, game management right. coordinator. Um, we're just going to say Stryker, everybody. If his name is anything else, pronunciation. Or I think they call him Stretch. His nickname is Stretch, I think. Interesting. Well, then, hey, I'm going to call him John, the game manager coordinator, <laughs> just to save a, <laughs> save any uh, mispronunciations. But look it. It's an important part of the game now, analytics. It didn't used to be. It used to be just all gut, and a lot of it still is that way. But look it. Everyone from the Tennessee Titans – and others parts of his knowledge and his brain power. People just can't stop talking about it. 
you know, Diana Rossini, who's a big former ESPN reporter who now does stuff, I think, for the Athletic privately. She's rant, ranted and raved because she's covered the Titans throughout the years that it was a great hire. Other people are like, man, this guy's a brilliant football mind. So let's see how it plays out. Hopefully it won't be those things where we make rash, dumb decisions based off analytics, right? Lions, hey, uh, Kyle Shanahan in the Super Bowl and others that we can think of, right, that have done kind of questionable things because of analytics. Hopefully John here being the management coordinator, game management coordinator, that will not be the case. And there'll be calls where like, oh, there's his stamp on that. Great job getting McVay that info so we can win this game, right? And I think based off everybody's accounts, go ahead and look it up to everybody listening in. It's a good hire. So time will tell, right? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. I, and I think that real time, I think your point is well taken, that I think there's a very valuable commodity in football. That's real-time feedback, right? For us, it's very different. But when you listen to Sean McVay talk or any head coach talk, they process information in 30 seconds because their knowledge base is extensive, right? Whether it's offense or defense, right? And that real-time feedback, like coming from somebody uh, who's a seasoned vet who understands the game. I mean, anybody working with Mike Vrabel and the Mike Vrabel coaching staff, I'm already on board. I'm already on board. I don't need to look at their resume, right? That's that's enough for me, right? Because I respect him as a coach. I like the yeah, job he did down there, regardless of what anybody says. They yeah. were always a fundamentally sound team, very well-coached team. Mm-hmm. Um, but that real-time information, I think, like what Ian pointed out, I think is extremely valuable. And I think very, very much overlooked by the average viewer. And what do we know about the quarterback's coach? Uh, any opinions on him? I know he's been in the league for some time. Which one? Oh, Ragone? Dave, Dave Ragone, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was actually with the Falcons. And, um, I mean, he's he's more noted for, I think, he, he worked with the Falcons, with the Bears. He worked with a couple of quarterbacks uh, of some notoriety. But, you know, I think what everybody was writing about was more about his relationship with Sean McVay. Right, because he hasn't had the last couple of years like the most stellar quarterback play to really throw out there. Uh, but uh, because of that long-term relationship, uh, you start to see that pattern. I think that was like the big focus that they were talking about in ESPN when they were uh, mentioning his name, and also the connection between Atlanta and Raheem going there and Ragon coming here. I think that was, I think that was very, very significant. Okay, I think yeah, we've covered and, this. Go ahead, and real quick, Mark. I want to share thoughts on Ragon. Look at everybody. I know, I know his quarterback uh, coaching hasn't been the cleanest, right? Heineke, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Um, Desmond Ritter, Trubisky, with the Bears. I the Bears. I get it. For anyone out there, it's like, because mm, that was kind of me. I was like, mm. but you know how it is when you're around other great players, even as a coach. Think about how much Matt Lafleur has raved about Matthew Stafford and how. He said multiple times through his weekly press conferences leading up to games where he said, man, he's making me a better coach. That's what I hope for with Dave Ragone here, because the talent he's been working with obviously is not up to NFL starting standards consistently. Right. There's those games. Trubisky was cool. There was those couple games here now and then where Desmond Ritter was cool and Heineke. But Matthew Stafford's the top 10 minimum quarterback, and it's going to elevate him and hopefully elevate our 
offensive room because he was calling plays for a run first offense, which I like. I'm in favor of that. I think we need to run the ball even a little bit more this upcoming season because Stafford's not a young guy. He deals with injuries. He plays through them. He's a warrior for that. But hopefully that knowledge, run game knowledge from Dave Ragone here will help a, the quarterback, Matthew Stafford, be better. And, and, you know, in collaboration, make everybody better. So, but to anyone who's like, eh, eh, Falcons, Bears, it was kind of a bad job. I get it, but let's see what happens. Iron Kyron, feed the, feed the beast. Want to move on to our next topic, guys? You ready? Um, let's talk about uh, who is going to be our backup quarterback. And, you know, ideally, Carson Wentz resigns with the Rams, right? I think yeah, that's all our, that's our preference, but we don't know if that's going to happen. And let's for a moment pretend that Carson Wentz signs elsewhere. What would be our backup plan? And there's some other free agents out there, Drew Locke, Sam Darnold, Jimmy G. If he's not a free agent, he will be soon. I think the, the Raiders were definitely going to release him. Well, he's going to have a... Do you guys remember that little conspiracy that was going on in the in the yeah. BS season that we're in right now this time last year about how the Rams supposedly, based off Jordan Rodriguez reports, that there was inklings that the Rams had a, had a serious interest in signing Jimmy Garoppolo because he would be the perfect backup. The terminology wouldn't have been that much different between the Shanahan style or the Kyle Shanahan West Coast system. Obviously, we do McVay's way. But the terminology is not that different. Obviously, you you mold it into the players you have, but the root of it is the same. Do you guys remember that? They were like, hey, Jimmy Grob is going to be the backup. Sure. And I was like, wow, I wouldn't be mad about that. But injuries later, bad play later, right down this past season. I don't know if that'll be the case. So, but so a year, a year sense, ago, you might have been. It makes sense, though, based off the positive things I said familiarity. And obviously, we're hoping for him to not just flat out suck. But his last games were not good, and he's been hurt. So it's like, I don't know. But anyway, just bringing him up, that just sparked that into my brain. During the BS season we're in, right? Everyone just being ridiculous with predictions, draft, free agents, trades. You know how it goes, man. But I remember that being serious this time last year, which is crazy. Yeah, it seems like he'd be a good fit for this offense. Whether the skill levels dropped off, that's another thing. Uh, and then yeah. there's Ryan Tannehill, but Tannehill's not going to end up being a oh, backup. Oh, Tannehill's going. Tannehill's going to to Pittsburgh. I'm calling it now. Anybody who's a that, betting yeah, that's, that's, a call. that's a really good call. So he's going, going with Arthur Smith. So uh, that's not happening. So we get to check that off the Rams not happening box. Tannehill. So it, if that if that were to happen, would that make uh, Kenny Pickett available via trade? And no, would he the, be? Go ahead. I, I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just thinking in my head no i don't think it'll he'll be available because they'll bring in Tannehill to push him purposely and if it works out with the way i'm sure the steelers brass and organization would you know see it and like to play out Pickett gets pushed and ends up elevating himself to a decent to solid average or good quarterback right at least to manage it and not underperform or not screwed up but i remember that last game before he was benched he played well, and then he got hurt. It's unfortunate for him. So if he continues that level of play, then he'll be fine. But Tannehill's going to come in to push and try to win the job. Let's let's keep it real. So would that make Mason Smith, Rudolph? Uh, what about Mason Rudolph? Yeah. Well, Mason Rudolph is – I don't think he's a, he's on the team 
as of today, right? The new, I mean, I know it's not official to the new uh, league calendar starts soon in March, but I want to say he's a free agent as well, unless I have that wrong. Yeah, I may have missed that. I'll have to check. Let me check while we're talking here. I can I can look but, that up. Okay, let's go down that let's go down that road real quick. Mason Rudolph. If he's for the dirt cheap, sure, but we've just seen him with a solid team not play well enough. And obviously we can think of this last little run he had, and it was solid. But can you gamble on that with a team who's trying to win a championship? I don't think you can gamble on Mason Rudolph playing good football for a Stafford who's probably going to miss a couple games, one or two, hopefully zero, but it's just the reality we live in with an older quarterback who gets banged up and Stafford again is a warrior, but it's bound. He's bound to miss a game. Let's just call it what it is. So what is really your backup? Mason Rudolph? No, but do we really want Mason Rudolph or Kenny Pickett? No. I, well, I don't who do him. we want? If, if not Carson Wentz. Well, look it. I mean, off the top of my head right now, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about Jacoby Brissett being the backup. Love I wouldn't Jacoby. be I wouldn't be upset having Tyrod Taylor be our backup. Yeah, I think he'd be good enough to win a game, you know, him and Jacoby. I wouldn't be upset having Gardner Minshew, who I think is a starting quarterback, by the way. I think that'd be awesome. You um, like the chat. All right. I mean, he I'm trying to think. Josh, Josh Dobbs? You know, there was yeah, I thought of him but, too. Yeah. yeah, that would be okay. I'm just trying to think off the off the top of my head here. What about um, so? What about Drew Lock? What are your thoughts on Drew Lock? Oh, and Drew Lock. I mean, look, and he had that nice, fun little you know Monday night game. I want to say right when they when he beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. That's great. He's got a lot of arm talent, but he was in a McVay esque offense and couldn't perform with Shane Waldron, right? And obviously, Shane is not Coach McVay, clearly, but. Right. If he wasn't performing well and couldn't beat out Geno Smith in that offense, I mean, I don't know. I mean, again, all these guys we're going through, they're not ideal other than, like I said, a Minshew or a Brissett, who I think could start long-term, especially Minshew. But Drew Locke, for the vet minimum, maybe, but it's a, it's a complicated – We got it's all a nuance with all these players too, right? And I just think we have to seriously, seriously invest great thought and great time and resources into that position, which is why I'd be in favor of a Brissett or a Minshew. For well, you sure, still prefer number one. Would you prefer Wentz over all of them, though? Of course, but I, yeah. we, I thought we went down that lane if he's not yeah, coming no. back. So, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, Wentz yeah. number one because he seemed like he had a great time here. He talked about how McVeigh and what. How coincidental is that that Baker said the same thing? They both said how much they've enjoyed playing football here. McVay makes it fun for them, makes it fun for them to go to work every day. That leaves a serious impression on people, right? A lot of these players, I mean, I know there's uh, some baseball players right now talking about how, hey, it's just a job. It's not my priority. I just show up and do my thing. Football players primarily are not like that. They're maniacs. And sometimes there's some bad instances where the love gets taken away. Baker was that way. And Wentz is that way. And they've both said the same exact thing, how much McVay made them love football again, including OBJ said that too. So I think I have a gut feeling he's going to come back because I don't think there's some starting gig of that's a team is really going to try to reel him in to sign. You yeah, know, we sign may have been fortunate that he, we may so. have been fortunate that, that he only got to start one game. Yeah. I mean, I would love him back, but again, we're going down the road of not, 
Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Gardner Minshew. Those are my top three guys in no specific order. Maybe Minshew number one for sure, but that'd be great. Because Tannehill's not going to be an option, everybody. I'm telling you, he's going to Pittsburgh. So everyone is uh, wishing on that. He's not coming. Tannehill definitely has that positive profile where I could see a coach falling in love with him in the sense of the leadership, the experience. You know, he's been in the trenches. He's been in the wars. Uh, players respond positively to him. He's got enough uh, ability to get the ball down the field. He's got enough ability to, to to win it with his legs. That if you have to, you know, you need somebody to execute an offense, not necessarily carry the offense. I think you're looking at Tannehill. Yeah, I mean, he's going to he's going to. I say Pittsburgh because Arthur Smith is the new offensive coordinator, who yeah. was Tannehill's best years in Tennessee's offensive coordinator. Arthur Smith as well when they were going to that AFC championship and they were the top 10 offense rushing and passing. So it's happening, everybody. He's going there. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought the um, the interest, the reason I brought up Tannehill was because I thought it could have a domino effect of uh, making Steeler quarterbacks available. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, didn't, I didn't think he'd, uh, he's interested in come, becoming a backup to Matthew Stafford at this point in his career anyways. No. But I think the discussion for backup quarterback for the Rams – I mean, we had it here on the podcast. Remember, like we were we were almost prophetic in a sense. Like at, at some point, we were like, "You can't roll through the season without a backup quarterback." And then look what happened, right? The backup quarterback had to win a game for us to get us into the show, right? And, and, and that, and then and we survived the Brett Rippon experience, which could uh, have screwed our whole season. It could have screwed our whole season, and we survived. Absolutely, it. we were in the playoffs if that was a decent game and if that was a decent quarter. If that was Carson Wentz and a win, hopefully, right against yeah. a good team, Green Bay. Right, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it against? They had a good Bay? defense. Right. They had a good defense. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I think the Carson Wentz experience was, I think, a very important learning experience for the Rams. I think in a lot of different ways. When you look at backup quarterbacks, there's two scenarios for backup quarterbacks, right? I think one is like the situation that the Rams are in, right? And then you have to ask, what is um, the quarterback going to bring to the table? It's like, so don't forget for years we had the Wolf back there whose claim to fame was that he ran the scout team so wonderfully, right? And then, we, and then unfortunately, he had to actually play in a game. Then we say, okay, now we understand why he runs the scout team, right? Yeah, but, but, look, but you know what? I will give I'll give John Wolford credit, man. In that 2020 season where we needed to beat the Cardinals at home, yeah. where we were out of the playoff, he did enough. I mean, there was a couple yeah. drop touchdown passes by Gerald Everett. He couldn't get in. I think Higby dropped a touchdown pass. So Wolford yeah. played – pretty solid enough for him to start the wild card game the next week right remember that whole drama holding oh with with Goff's thumb and all that and he was yeah. playing well that first quarter till he got his brains rattled i mean hope that he, ended he got up being cracked okay. yeah he got and cracked so, so I think, he was confident until he wasn't but it was yeah. going well for a game in the quarter <laughs> back then if you remember that i think i think for the rams current scenario right going for it all and then having a matthew stafford there and I'm watching that interaction with Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz was an out. I have no problem saying it. The perfect backup quarterback for the for the Rams is Carson Wentz. No question about it. Yeah, no question. The moxie, the 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 talent, the ability to win a clutch game for you, and the interaction with Stafford, the maturity. Yeah. You know, a two. You know, Matthew Matthew Stafford's a baller. Right. And he's not going to just relate to anybody. I mean, he's a nice guy and everything. There's a difference between being friendly and actually being able to like on a professional level, being able to respect the guy across from you. You could see the mutual respect in their interactions. And I think 
I, I just think that's huge. I just think that's huge, right? So having that. said that, um, I think when you start to look at the type of quarterbacks, if Carson went to the non-available, and honestly, to tell you, I think he deserves a shot in the NFL. He really does. We're talking about Tannehill. I agree. Wentz, Wentz deserves a shot. If you watch the quarterback play in the NFL, I I would be really, really surprised that you could name certain quarterbacks that are going to get a shot this year, and this guy's not going to get a shot. Carson Wentz, yeah, right? Crazy. Yeah, crazy. It's just, or at least be in the mix. One quarterback, I think it's, I saw somebody, there's, there are a couple of names that are out there, whether or not uh, talent level comes into play and everything. Like Marcus Mariota, somebody brought up, which I think is not a bad idea at all, right? I think, you know, he's definitely not a starting caliber quarterback. But if you think about what are we asking the, the backup quarterback to bring to the table, Marcus Mariota does bring some interesting, um, you know, skills with him and information with him. The other, the other quarterback, I think, you know, I know Drew Locke, and his name has been popping up like crazy, right? Because he does have the experience, he has that arm talent, and he does, and he, and he's, he's fought in the playoffs. Quarterback rating has not been great throughout his seasons when he has played, but once again, if you're asking him to win one or two games, you know, are we comfortable as a group rolling with Drew Locke? I think there are a lot of people who shake their head. Yeah, hey, listen, you got to win one game, Drew, do your thing, right? Hand it off to Iron Kyron. <laughs> So, um, so that's the other thing is like, obviously you want to be in that category of what, about what, four, four million, four to five million, you know, backup quarterbacks fluctuate a little bit. They get overpaid a lot. Um, so having a quality backup is going to be really, really important for the Rams. Cause I think it helps to keep Stafford grounded. It's a healthy dynamic back there. Listen, this is a passing offense. They throw the ball a lot. The likelihood of Stafford getting nicked here and there. Hopefully nothing serious. It's fairly high. Listen, yep. and also when you're playing a 17 game season, right? Our our goal is that we we lock up the playoffs by what get week 15, 14, right? You need a backup quarterback to get you to the other two. So that's just that's just the reality of it. So I think you know the first question you have to ask yourself is what is the backup QB going to bring to the table as opposed to maybe in a different scenario when you need a legitimate backup quarterback maybe um, to do maybe play uh, uh, an inordinate number of games. Now, while while you were talking about that, and you were talking about his opportunity, Wentz, which he deserves, I agree with. Honestly, I can see Raheem Morris and Ro- Zach Robinson saying, hey, Carson. 100%. We don't, we're, we're Heineke and Ritter. That's not our guys. You want to come do it till we figure it out? I can see that happening. I didn't think about them at all till you were talking about it. And I was like. What about Heineke? Geez. If they cut him loose. If Heineke I mean, gets cut loose? I think he, I would accept as well, but it's just, it's, it's what a complicated, important decision this is going to be though, man. It's, it's like, Hey, do you remember the good times with a lot of these guys? Or do you remember what's recent? A lot of bad quarterback yeah. play from a lot of these guys too. So like I said, if I had to rank Minshew, who I think is a starter, if Wentz is not available, he goes to Atlanta, right? Something like that. Minshew would be number number one. I say maybe Jacoby Brissett would be my number two option. That obviously all these guys have to be willing. Uh, a Heineke, a Tyrod Taylor. I think I would choose, probably choose Tyrod number three. I think he's been consistently a solid backup for a long time. I mean, think about it. He was ripping us apart in late December. Oh, that game. Was so, <laughs> so anyway, I would accept him. And then a Heineke, maybe a Lock, um, Mariota. I'm out on. 
I, I'm just, I just am. I get it. He's got a lot of unique skill sets, but nah, I don't know. I'm, I'm out on him. So anyway, that'd be my, that'd be my group of four or five guys. Well, at least there are some good problem. options compared to what we've ran with in the past. And yeah. Minter and Brissett have a track record where they have led teams for, for entire seasons. So I think that's the other thing. Right, Minshew yeah. and Brissett both. I thought have Minshew. I thought Minshew played good this season too, man. Oh, he's For a fantasy. In. He's a fantasy darling. When uh, <laughs> starting quarterback goes down, people pick up Minshew because he lights it up. I mean, so I think if you're thinking about, hey, man, if Stafford has to miss significant time, which is what's well, a coin flip, either he's going to be fully healthy or he's missing games. Let's just be real about it. I would like Minshew mm-hmm. to be our be our guy, but again, that's unrealistic. He's going to want to go compete for starting gigs. Yeah. So hey, what what about this scenario that everyone is talking about because of the Lafleur connection of Zach Wilson as a developmental project? With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Look it. Matt LaFleur and Zach Wilson didn't get along together. No, they did not. Right? Uh, am I wrong on that, everybody? Well, that's or what surprised a lot of people moment? about the LaFleur hiring was because the uh, 
I think the two years prior, it was not exactly stellar in terms of production. No. And if, if I'm wrong on this, correct me, please. Did we hire somebody from the Jets quarterback, right? Yes. Rob Cal- Calabrese, I want to say, or Calab- yeah, yeah, I want to say Calabrese. Yeah, Calabrese. He, he was the quarterback's coach for the last three years with the Jets. Yeah. I mean, what if we're hiring people who couldn't get Zach Wilson right? And obviously, Sean McVay trumps anybody who could who has ever worked with Zach Wilson. I get it, but we're gonna bring in a quarterback who didn't get along with two of our staffs or our, our top offensive guys right before. And obviously Calabrese is going to be an assistant, but we really think that's just going to suddenly be okay. Let's just keep it real guys. <laughs> I see the Zach Wilson stuff. I see it from our fan base. I see it from other content guys in the Rams community. And there's some good, there's some arguments about the talent, this, this, and that, but it's based off, his film of being incredibly inconsistent, making terrible decisions tons of times, coupled with our staff who didn't work well with Zach, it's not happening. And we got to give up draft capital? Forget it. I'm I'm totally not in on that scenario at all. Zero. Yeah, I well, think, they, I they, think... Might, they might push the eject button on him. So it may not be a draft capital scenario. They might push the eject button on him. Yeah, I think a lot of that talk, and I may have been partly uh, to blame for it, was I think it was Steve Young <laughs> said that uh, Zach Wilson oh, he needs to, he he needs to get his butt to L.A. and uh, yeah. let Sean McVay help him get his mind can, right. Can I tell that you may why? Have been where it all started. Yeah, uh, can I tell you why I think that where that thought process comes from, and why I think, and not not necessarily just to Zach Wilson. So, Zach Wilson basically came in as a very immature player. Very, very immature player. I mean, if yeah, you look he was, at the he, numbers, was that, he was after everyone's moms, right? That was the whole, that was the whole thing. <laughs> Ian, Ian has to, uh, Ram Nation, you know Ian's going to bring you the TMZ gossip. You know that's what's going to happen. He's going to bring it hard. But that was a big thing. It was like, oh, he's he not practicing absolutely. enough. He's the, you know, he's the MILF hunter, la, 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 oh, la, you know, that was all that was a running joke, like, oh, you know, the Jets fan base, that's my quarterback. Yeah, yeah. And look how that turned out, everybody. Jesus. Anyway, continue, so, Paul. Sorry. So I, I think for a, a lot of scenarios, it's that he came into the league with a and a lot of quarterbacks are in this scenario when they come into the league. They're not ready for the position they're being thrust into. And think about that. How many quarterbacks, New York Jets quarterbacks, the track record over the last how many you want to go, how deep you want to go? That have not done well, correct? I think Chad Pennington was the last solid one, right? That's yeah, probably the last. That's probably the last one. Like, I mean, Sanchez had those couple years where he was cool, but like Chad Pennington was probably the last like three, four year year run with the Dolphins. You're like, ah, oh, he was pretty solid. All right, so, Tannehill, right. like Tann- Tannehill was better when he left the Dolphins too, which is yeah, mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. All right. Oh, Jets. Yeah. I'm excuse me, excuse me. I'm getting um. Don't forget Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Don't forget Fitzpatrick. Yeah, Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick used to get people excited too, right? So yeah. I think I think the thought process basically is that you're getting uh you're buying low on high talent and you're really you know looking for Sean McVay to work his magic and say, look, sort of like with Baker Mayfield to some degree. I think the parallel with Baker Mayfield, I think is appropriate. I think I don't I don't think uh Zach Wilson is as far along in his development as Baker Mayfield was when the Rams got him. Um but I think that's what people are sort of gravitating to. They're saying they're making the Baker. I think that's what Steve Young was doing. 
he's making that Baker Mayfield, Zach Wilson comparison and saying like, look, you know, if there's a similarity here in the dynamic that you're going to go in low, get this kid who's got oodles of talent. Listen, he's got oodles of talent. Head wasn't right. Listen, got two choices. Listen, either this is your shot, or you're going to be out of football. I don't even think people are going to give him a legitimate backup shot because what is he going to bring to the table? What's he going to bring to the table? Think about that. We're talking about backup quarterbacks. Look at Ian. Ian's bringing up a backup quarterback that people in fantasy football love him as a backup, right? This guy throws for yards. This guy throws for points. Can we yeah. really say that about Zach? No, not at no, all. No, we can't. Look at and to, and to chime in real quick, in that exact scenario, we need the backup quarterback to win a game or multiple yeah. games. It is very likely that's going to be required with Stafford going forward. Let's just be real. I don't right. trust Zach Wilson to get the job done. What has he done and shown that? So I get Steve Young's point for rehabilitation. Sorry, we're not in the rehabilitation mindset right now. This isn't this last season where we were in re you know rehabilitation and growing the team. We're now if we don't make it past the divisional round or we don't get to the second round of the tournament, it's a failure of a season. Let's just be honest. That's where we're at now. Got to get to at least round two, and even then, I'm sure a majority of the fan base would be sad and upset that we didn't at least get to the nfc title game so we're not in this let's see what happens with the backup quarterback who could be really good or could be a good backup we don't got time for that so nor do i so i don't think giving up draft capital signing him coupled with his play in tandem with the coaches who didn't work out well with him who had they had issues our offensive coordinator and our new hire I'm out. Yeah, I'm yeah, out. that's true. Uh, the Baker Mayfield run was more about let's just not be a total embarrassment to ourselves. Yeah, get us and, through and, the end of the season. And to Baker's credit, everyone acted like he was some terrible quarterback after he tore his shoulder. Let's see. Let's see. Um, all whatever your top five quarterback is out there, everybody play good with a torn shoulder and his throwing arm. Come on, let's. He saved the Cleveland Browns from from a, the pit of misery. Right, that first year. Then the second year, he had Freddie Kitchens. That was a not good hire, so that was wishy-washy. And then they finally got a legit coach. Mayfield should have beat the Kansas City Chiefs and should have been in the AFC title game. It wasn't for some fumbles by his offensive receivers. Right, he played good enough to beat Mah beat Mahomes, and obviously Chad Henney had to come in. Yada yada yada. Mm -hmm. But he played good football, and then he gets hurt, and then everyone thinks he sucks. So I don't think this scenario is anywhere close to the Zach Wilson one for anyone who wants to compare it to that whether that's yeah. Steve or anybody else. It's not even close. Baker was more talented. Baker played in way bigger games at Oklahoma. I mean, come on. He was yeah, lighting and up Baker, Georgia in the Rose Bowl. We're going to this BYU guy. Come on. You can't, you can't argue the fact that Baker Mayfield's demeanor, his approach to the game, and his relationship with Sean McVay was wholly different, right, With the while he was with the Rams than any – any year that he was at Cleveland, by far, yeah, completely I mean, different player. You saw it in the interviews. You saw it in the sidelines. Oh, you yeah. saw it in the sound bites. You saw it on the yeah. field. It was yeah. a completely different persona altogether as a person. And I think that's the snapshot that people are holding on to. I think somewhere down the line, uh, Mark. I'm sorry, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, I'll be brief. Is that I think there is going to be a reclamation project somewhere, whoever that person is. Because I think people have seen that 
I think it makes a lot of sense. Whether or not that's going to be the eventual backup uh, um, successor to Matt Stafford will be interesting. I'm hoping it's Justin Fields. I'm going to go on record as saying that. Somewhere down the line. I'd rather have Justin Fields. At least at least we've seen him pull off insane, insane you, plays to will his team to victory. I haven't seen that from Zach dude, Wilson. Can you so. imagine that, Mark and Ian? Can we just stop and think? Can you imagine that? Let Stafford, Stafford uh, do his ring chasing, right? And then when he's ready to call it quits, you, got, you can hand the rock off to Justin Fields, who's had a couple of years to hold the clipboard and just listen on the headset and learn from both Stafford and McVay. Did we just not put together a dream scenario here? Patience sometimes is a virtue. I get Listen. it, Paul. The, the, the point is, is just giving up the draft capital. I'm just not down, man. Oh, no, I'm no. Just I'm not, just saying. Yeah. I'm just no, throwing out like what was brought up. And I, I was yeah, like, no, I, I get it. But a lot of I, I've heard that talk too. Let's topic. and real quick on that. I mean, all these scenarios where it's Zach, it's Justin, anyone under contract, like, no, no, no. Let's sign a veteran free agent quarterback who I know who is better than I can throw the football better than them two right now, Zach Wilson and Justin. Let's just be real. No giving up draft capital. Let's keep no no f them picks. Let's keep those picks unless it's for Josh Allen or uh, the outside linebacker. I'm for that, but um, yeah, I with Justin would be cool, but no Daniel, draft capital. I just can't Hunter. do it. Don't forget Daniel Hunter. Did I did yeah. I just hear you guys say that our next uh, franchise quarterback, regardless of who our backup is in the immediate future? The next franchise quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams could be Justin Fields. Did I hear that? Could be. You never know. Look at that. That I mean, I'd rather have Justin Fields than I. Gosh, I can't even believe this is a thing. While we're on this backup quarterback talk, JJ McCarthy in the first round. We're really going to spend our nineteenth. No, that's I know. JJ McCarthy. I see so (laughs) many experts and writers in our own fan base on this train. And look at guys. I'm going to dive into McCarthy's tapes as as soon as possible so we can either debunk how ridiculous it is or I can be like, I tip my hat to anybody who was on this. I'm going to find out for real, not your highlight tapes, not – I'm going to watch his film sincerely and give you an objective answer on how I feel about him. But as of right now, the 19th overall pick we're going to spend on a on JJ McCarthy, not, not gonna happen. Yeah, doesn't make can sense we to me. Calm either. down on that, everybody. I so, God, I'd rather have Justin Fields than him. I'd rather have Justin Fields than Wilson. But everybody, slow down. Let's just keep <laughs> building this team to make a deep playoff run. Why are we so consumed by who's going to be the future? We have a top ten quarterback he's today. Still have, he's still three now. years. I think Stafford like, can play for another three years at a high level. Like, let's yeah. just everyone chill out. Let's get a tie rod, a Minshew, a Jacoby. Yeah, I think what we need to know. do is do our homework, like we've been talking about, on the draft. And I think the three of us and Tom as well. By the way, Tom couldn't join us tonight. Uh, he'll be on next week, hopefully. Uh, figure out what is the right move for the Rams with that 19th pick. And there's a lot of – I don't want to ruin another episode, but, man, it's going to be a fun discussion trade up and try to draft a left tackle, stay at 19 and draft a cornerback, move back and, and get, a, you know, a couple good players in the second round, man, yeah. they have a lot of flexibility though. And the other thing we have to remember is free agency comes first, right? So any discussions yeah. you have to have, and that's what I've been trying to do with my mock drafts is, is 
you know, make some assumptions of what they do in free agency, but th- it's all guesswork. It's, it's really, but it's fun. It's fun to talk about. Oh yeah. The mocks, our conversations are always, always good, but agreed. Got to see yeah. what the signings are going to be. Once the new you know calendar year hits very soon yeah. in March and that'll dictate everything else. Right. If there is no backup quarterback sign, then there is somebody who's going to get drafted, right? If yeah. and then vice versa, and yeah, I mean, yada, if, yada, if, if Dotson road. signs with someone else on the first day of free agency, it changes my entire uh, approach to the draft. And don't yeah, and don't forget the late cuts too. You still got the late cuts. Yeah, that happen, yeah. So Cap casualties, great, which is you that's know, a great I, place to find a quarterback. Great place to find a quarterback. Yeah. And by the way, a little hint for Rams Nation: don't drink the Kool Aid. When it comes to the draft, the first draft. <laughs> yeah, guys, we're in we're in BS season right now. Everyone's lying. People saying <laughs> draft picks can't take a test, right? CJ Stroud, that was just a bunch of BS. Oh yeah. You know, all the agents making up stories to fluff up their players. I get it. So this is gonna be a lot of just nonsense until peep guys are signed, guys are legit drafted. Just watch out. It's fun. I see the fo- I see the edits of fields in a uniform. Rams uniform. I've seen the edits of McCarthy in a Rams uniform. And it looks cool. You're like, oh, that could be kind of fun. You know, and yada, yada, yada. There's a Cleo Mack one, uh, which I think that's actually realistic. So just be careful. Be objective about it. We can, if it happens, then we talk, then we'll take it serious then for any of these trade signings or whatever is going to happen. But remember, we're in BS season. Not a lot is happening. Let's just be careful. Be and careful. For, all, for all you mock drafters out there, Take a picture of your first round rankings because once the combine happens, they're all going to be upside down. You're going to see all sorts of players flying yeah. all over the board. And another thing you can do is go back and look at the last two or three drafts, look at the first round and see how many of them have been total washouts as well uh, and and compare it to what the experts were saying about these players. And we get, you know, going into the drafts, going into the draft, you think there's going to be, you know, 30 Hall of Famers uh you know getting picked in the first you know it's, 30 picks and-, and speaking of that i've seen some redraft articles from bleacher report and a bunch of other plus uh spots and sites where they all have puka and kobe turner in the top 15 and every single one i've kind of clicked <laughs> on for fun kobe turner and puka nakua are top yeah. 15 at minimum a lot of them are in the top 10 but it's just funny how that is how you never know and like we always say it's one big lottery ticket and how many scratches are going to get to hit the let the jack oh yeah you want to you want to have uh some want to entertain yourself go dig up aaron donald's draft profile oh yeah Uh, some of those guys are uh you know but uh, the neil Neil hunters one of the best pass rushers in the league remember he was playing uh um at lsu but remember he was a primary run defender and in big letters go look it up says not a dominant pass rusher i know crazy crazy hey man you can never you can never you know you can never undermine the termination and the fu factor right that's what baker's talked about tons obj when everyone thought he's washed we can go down cooper cup thought he was pretty good and obviously third round is not terrible but all these players it's like hey f you man i'm good at this this and that aaron donald had that mentality and look what happens guys become stars superstars and get paid the big bucks so Hey, Daniel Hunter, if you want to win a championship, please sign with us. Come, on over. That. <laughs> Come chase the ring, baby. Come chase the ring. Yeah, that he seems to be at the top of a lot of people's lists about uh, as far as free agency. And that's what we can talk about right now. Um, 
We're not going to get into the draft a lot this episode, but at the end here, Paul and I are going to share a couple of names for uh, us to all go do some homework on. Yeah. But for now, let's talk about um, let's talk about free agency. You mentioned Hunter out of out of the uh, out of Minnesota. Uh, we'll start with you, Ian. You know, cool. who are the free agents that you're eyeballing for the Rams? Well, look at it. If we go down the scenario, which is likely of Brian Burns and pass rusher Josh Allen, again, Jacksonville Jaguars, defensive end Josh Allen, not the quarterback, everybody. I know some people still get kind of confused. They're probably the top two uh, free agents that are available for the edge. We obviously infamously try to give up multiple first-round picks for Burns in the 2022 disaster campaign, and Fortunately, Carolina's dumb and turned it down, right? We're all thankful for that not happening. Um, but they're probably going to franchise tag him, which would we would have to trade for him to acquire him. Same thing for defensive end Josh Allen for the Jaguars. They're not dumb. They're going to franchise tag him as well, which means we would have to trade for him, which I would be in favor of giving up that first-round pick for Josh Allen, by the way. Let me just say that now. You, I would have no issue. Do you think it would be that high for a tag and trade? For him, for him being 25 years old, for him leading the NFL Ooh. in sacks, for him just being an insane all-around edge defender. Oh, unbelievable. Rushing unbelievable. the quarterback, defending the run, effort, moxie, grit. I mean, that's these are the guys that you would trade first round picks for. Absolutely. These are that, the young players that difference the makers that you could have yeah. for the now, which is win with Donald Stafford and Cup in the final years of that trio being together. And then for the for the future, right? Another five years down the road where you can be a Daniel Hunter still getting a 12 plus sacks for a while. So I think that player, based off everything I just said, is worth that first round pick for sure. But I don't think Jacksonville's gonna do it. So I just want to say those two things, probably unlikely, which is why I would lean towards Daniel Hunter, which we talked about five minutes ago. He wouldn't cost you a gazillion dollars, I don't feel. Who knows? We'll see once that free agency frenzy starts. But mm -hmm. I think he would be awesome. He's never played with someone in the interior like Aaron Donald who just – it's just filthy, guys. It's filthy. Go watch every game possible if you have time, Rams Nation, this last season. Everyone says, oh, Donald's still not a, uh, a top five interior tackle or top five defense player. You're out of your dang mind. He's still getting triple teamed. He's still beating double teams. He's kicking ass on his one-on-ones. Daniil Hunter has never played with somebody like that. And if he's getting 11, 12-plus sacks with the Vikings right now, what do you think it's going to be when he plays with Aaron Donald? It, so I think even, that would be number one outside of Burns and Allen, who I don't think are going to happen. Right. I would choose Daniel Hunter as that next man up for my big free agent signing. Another we, need a pass rush. we need it. Another illustrative example, very similar to what Ian is bringing up. Look at the difference it made for Grenard in Houston, having Anderson on the other side. Grenard had his best season. I think he had more sacks this year than I think in his last three years. I think, or it was equivalent to his last three years combined. Right, so sort of what he was saying. So think about it, and having Donald and the conductor, right to your right, right. If you're Daniel Hunter, you're going to get probably more one-on-one -on -one scenarios probably you've ever had in your career. Think about that for a second. So that's going to be huge. Yep. So you know, and then going back to the to the Allen example, the argument is this: very simple. 
you're giving up a first round. How many first rounders right now, if we looked at the draft, are the equivalent of Allen? <laughs> Zero. Easily. That's the argument. None. That's why you don't hesitate. You pull the yeah. trigger. If yep. Jacksonville offers that, you know Snead's like, okay, all right, we're sending it over to you right now. Yep. Feel free. Feel free to draft McCarthy. We're, we'll take Allen, right? Yep. And that's exactly what – and I think if you – I think the Niners – um, I know Niner fans are still smarting from the loss, but if you think about it, they did a great job. They look at that. They 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 signed uh the running back, they signed um the left tackle Williams. You know, they got you know, McCaffrey was a great the Rams should never have let McCaffrey wind up in San Francisco. If you get into a bidding war with San Francisco, you make sure you outbid them. You do not let them wind up with McCaffrey. And that's why they wound up in the Super Bowl. Think about that. You know, um, so it's very simple and that's an area that should never have happened, but you know, think about it. How many free agents, they also signed Chase Young, who we knew was going to have, was going to be a bust, but you know, but the fact that they were <laughs> signing these guys and bringing them on board is something that, you know, the Rams have not done in a while. And I think they're still smarting from that 22 season when, you know, like with the Robinson scenario and everything else, where it just didn't work out with the Wagner scenario, and it just didn't work out. I still, I so I think they're still a little gun shy. I think it's going to be different this year around. I think you are going to see the Rams bring in and spend a little bit of money. I don't think, I don't think they're going to go over the top like a lot of people are thinking. I think Daniel Hunter. I agree with Ian. I don't think he's going to ask for like you know, the World Bank, right, to to sponsor his uh, his signing. Well, um, hopefully not. <laughs> but I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be competitive. I think he's going to want to come to the Rams. You know, another one that might be interesting as a, as a ring chaser and tell me what you, cause I've always loved him. I just think he would toughen up this lineup is Fletcher Cox, Fletcher Cox on a rotation with the Rams. Cool. Dude, that's it. Close the door on the D line room. You're done. You're good. Think about that for a second. What It'd that. Awesome. Dude, yeah. And on a rotation where you don't have to worry about him at his age, you know, having to do that. I'm Would he be called uh, a three technique? Is he similar? He can play anywhere on that He can line. play whatever. The yeah. zero, the one, the three. You can even bump him to the five. I mean, that dude can play, but the just the clutch ability, the leadership, the toughness on third and one to be able to roll out like the conductor, the Donald and Fletcher Cox, we would be talking about his impact like by week three. By week three, it would make such a difference. You still got Bobby Brown to take up some of the abuse at the nose. So Fletcher can, you know, maybe have a seat on first down, right, on those brutal downs. So I just think it would be a nice fit into that D-line rotation. That would mean you'd really be counting on Byron Young to step yep. up his game off the edge, which Byron is, Young, yeah. is not a lot, of you, a lot of the edge players. Listen, uh, Ram Nation, I would make that prediction. People are sleeping on O'Shawn Mathis. He's he's gonna wake he's gonna wake some people up this offseason. Oshad Mathis is gonna raise some eyebrows. I but like the, the, I like his development. I, I like I like the Fletcher Clock uh Fletcher Cox fantasy scenario we just had right now. That sounds great. <laughs> but he's so loyal to Philadelphia. I just can't see him leaving. I mean, he's been signing cheaper and cheaper every year because he just loves he's an eagle for life. Yeah. He said that I, I think he's gonna I chase would, him. I I would enjoy I that. I would enjoy that, but I don't. I just realistically, you know, I, we try. I try to be realistic with a lot of these things. I don't see that happening. Maybe also. Well, what about a midseason trade? It's if not impossible. Not going well for Philadelphia, and the Rams are in it. 
It depends how he's playing too, though. I mean, that's a big part of it. Will they trade him if he's playing well? But if he's not playing well, why should we trade for him? You know, we're in that weird. It's in that weird nuance situation. But my my dirty free agency fantasy is what we talked about in previous pods. Cleo Mack, right? Oh yeah. Rejoining with Giff Smith. We've talked about it because real quick, if anyone didn't uh, didn't listen to that episode, hey, we need you listening. But in case you didn't, Cleo Mack has the ninth biggest cap hit for any player in the entire NFL. The only the only non-quarterback that is higher than him is David Bakhtiari, which Green Bay is going to going to release him because of that. So right now Deshaun Watson is 63 million dollars against uh the cap, which is insane. Khalil Mack is ranked ninth with 38. Obviously that's a big difference, but you're not going to pay an edge defender or have that cap hit, I should say, not pay him. Have that cap hit be almost $40 million for an edge defender. And yes, could they rework his deal? And I hear that. No, they can't unless they extend him. You cannot rework the cap for any player unless an extension is made. This is his final year as a charger. We'll see if that ends up being the case. But does Jim Harbaugh and that new staff want to re-sign Khalil Mack? I think they probably should because he's good. But is that the move they're going to do in? Yeah, they have four players... You know, they have four players right now with a thirty million, a thirty million dollar cap yeah. or more. Yeah, you know who's number ten? Joey Bosa, the other outside linebacker. Yeah, is Bosa, tenth in the entire league too. So yeah. I mean, they, one of them two for sure is not going to be on the Chargers. Hopefully, it's Khalil Mack. So my dirty free agency scenario is Khalil Mack and Daniel Hunter both sign for the ten million dollar range each, right? That twelve million dollar range, and then we have. Uh, Byron Young would be like that Obo Okoronkro starting level player rotating in, right? Just think of it when Vaughn and Floyd were here, and then you would have Obo rotate in and wouldn't miss a beat by too much at all, realistically, right? Obo was still producing, getting his six, five, six sacks a year, being a being the third guy at at, uh, at the edge. So if that is somehow possible, oh baby, that'd oh, be yeah. great. Khalil Mack's a no brainer. There's certain Khalil- guys. That you want on your roster, regardless of of stats and production, you want them on your roster. Yeah, and people forget about Vaughn Miller. When Vaughn Miller was traded, there were a lot of people that were down on Vaughn Miller. Oh, they people were like, said he was you know, done. Yeah, they were like he was in the twilight. Of, and well, well, Buffalo found out the hard way. But you know, the one hey, I'll, give, I'll give Buffalo the benef- the benefit of the doubt. Like they did, weren't yeah. anticipating him blowing his knee again. Right. Exactly. Right. I mean, shoot. Sucks for but, them. But uh, the fact was that before the Rams pulled the trigger on that deal, a lot of people were down on Von Miller, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Injury and prone, scenario. not yeah, the same that- guy, doesn't care about the Broncos anymore, which was which is ridiculous. That one he cared, obviously, loved yeah. Denver, still does. But you know, all that nonsense. So, yeah, I, it's the crazy. Key to, the key to free agency, in my opinion, is when you look at a player is you have to see how that player fits in terms of the destination. And if you look at the Rams and what they need, not just in terms of like actual play, but in terms of the psyche of the team, think of this defense, what Khalil Mack would bring the physicality. You brought up Leonard Floyd, by the way, Leonard Floyd's a free agent too, by the way. He's yeah. not coming back. That'd be cool, but he ain't coming back. I think I saw a quote recently. He's like, where Buffalo reporters asked him what his decision was. He's like, oh, he's like, well, 
I'm going to follow the money. <laughs> so there you go. Be here. There you're going to be back with us. And I love Leonard Floyd. I, it was sad to see him go because I thought he played good football his entire time with us and was a big reason why we won a championship. But Khalil, good, yeah, Khalil Mack being able to play the strong side for the Rams, I think is going to be huge. So Byron Young can stay on the weak side. I think that's going to be a big difference because Byron Young cannot play the strong side. So whether or not Byron Young is going to take that next step in terms of his own um, development and become the, the pass rusher that can win consistently from that side. Remember, there's a big difference, Ram Nation, You know when we talk about strong side and, and weak side, particularly with pass rushers. Pass rushers on Byron Young's side, they're going against left tackles, who are the best pass protectors on the team, correct? One advantage of being able to rush from the other side is that you're going up against not and no – you know, no way to belittle right tackles, but there is definitely a differential in uh, pass protection capability between the two. The other thing is you have to be able to what lock down on the run. So, which is why a lot of you know pass rushers that are very good pass rushers will play on the right side, but they will not play on notable running downs. Right, that's the difference. Khalil Mack is not one of those guys. Khalil Mack is a legitimate three down. A backer that can rush the passer, can jack the tight end, right? They've even dropped him into coverage. I've seen him drop into coverage, which is definitely not his forte, but he plays the run well. He plays with physicality. He brings it on every play. Got a great uh, temperament. Fits in within the team concept. Watch his interview on how he talks about Coach uh, Giff when Giff was there, and you'll see the difference, man. Oh, I'm hoping. You just I'm hoping, gentlemen, I'm hoping Giff Smith has some mega sway in this potential yeah. Khalil. I mean, we've talked about in previous pods, and I hope he's big on Daniel Hunter, too. Again, my dirty yeah. fantasy scenario is Khalil Mack, Daniel Hunter, give him one year each, $15 million, screw it, and let, let – Go for I it. Mean, oh, I you mean, want you want both of them. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? What Why was not? The- Mark, what was the reason? Like, let's do it, dude. What was the reason of torturing me through 2023? Right? If you're now that you freed up the money, you're not going to bring the big boys on board. Yeah, it it reminds me of the you know we were talked about that one play, the first play from scrimmage, 49ers offense against the Rams defense in that NFC Championship game, left to right, Leonard Floyd, Marquise Copeland, Ashawn Robinson. Aaron Donald and Von Miller. I may have got the middle guys mixed up there in order, but I think you're a target. That, that's uh, that's a pretty impressive front five, if you want to call it a front five. And I think mm-hmm. Daniel Hunter and Khalil Mack. That might even yeah. be better if you have oh, Kobe yeah. Hunter, Kobe Turner, Aaron Donald, and Bobby Brown. Pick a fifth guy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about it right now. Again, my dirty, my dirty, my dirty free agency frenzy scenario. You got Khalil Mack on the strong side. You have Neil Hunter on the weak side, and they could both interchange depending on the matchup they can exploit week to week, right? Them on your outsides, you have Donald, you know, uh, Kobe Turner, and let's say Bobby Brown, and then you have Ernest Jones and Roseboom. How do you not feel good about that that front seven right there? Byron Young, O'Shawn Mathis on the and rotation. Then, and then Byron Young, uh, O'Shawn, and then uh, Jesus, Even Hoyt. Michael Hoyt, yeah. Hoyt as your backups rotating in. That's a great it, rotation right there. Yeah, did, did you mention uh, Nick Hampton and Keir Thomas as well? I don't know if you mentioned right. them. They're, they both have potential. You got and, Jonah Williams. You got uh, uh, Dewan Johnson. So, yeah. So, you got guys that you could definitely roll with. Listen, take care of the front seven and be – 
strategic with who you're bringing in free agency and draft-wise for the secondary. The Rams are not that far off from having a defense that can rock with the best. Yeah, and um, we're good. We're past an hour here, and I wanted to talk about another free agent position. Let's save it for another time. And I think you kind of hinted at a, a position I want to talk about at some point is safety. And yeah. I know it's not a position the Rams put a lot of put a high premium on, yeah, no, but we have you know, two starters that are free agents, and, and maybe that's okay if, if they if they uh, sign the guys you guys are wishing for. Um, maybe uh, maybe Russ Yeast and uh, Quentin Lake are the answer. We'll, we'll just roll with those guys. Uh, Jason Taylor, the seventh round draft pick, barely played last year, but I think they got to make make some moves in uh, at the safety position. And maybe it's hopefully bringing Jordan Fuller and or John Johnson back. But I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you want to save that for next time? Is that something we can give some thought to and talk about next roundtable? Yeah, it sounds good to me. And real quick, again, one more time. The crazy, dirty, fantasy, free agency, frenzy scenario I have. $15 million each. Screw it. If they're willing. Khalil Mack, Daniil Hunter. Let's go. That would be my... Oh. I would melt if we can pull that off and you know address I, the I kicker. Think, I think it's gonna address, happen. I'd be that'd be such a win. I think it's I think gonna, we're gonna get one of the two. I think we're for sure gonna get one of the two. Right. I think a hundred percent. But I think I think my, I think they're both coming. I don't see Daniil. What other situation could you give Daniil Hunter that's better than coming to the Rams? Think about that. And he think probably about, already lives in Malibu. He's gonna do. He's going to coach. He's going to call Coach O'Connell. He said, "What are your thoughts about me going to the Rams? What do you think about working with McVay? What do you think Coach O'Connell's going to say?" He's like, "Dude, we'd love to have you, but dude, you're going to love it there." And Khalil Max, it's like uh, I don't have to sell my house. I don't. I know yeah. like the familiarity. I just got to yeah. change locker rooms, right? Every yeah, now and yeah. then, right? I mean, I don't think you can get a better scenario right now. And that's that's like the Rams' selling point. They don't really have to go bananas on the free agency side. They, they really don't. They have a lot of really good young talent, and they have to have the confidence that their young talent is going to improve for the upcoming season, have the big boys that they can count on, supplement Aaron Donald so that he doesn't have to carry the load again. And remember, the Super Bowl and the Rams Super Bowl taught us a great deal. Offenses in the NFL are too good. I don't care what defense you are running. You are not going to be able to deliver a knockout blow if you think you're going to, oh, I'm going to run a zone when they think I'm running a man. I'm going to run a man. I'm going to run a zone. That's not going to do it. The way you're going to deliver a knockout blow is how are you going to do it, boys? You're going to go get into the backfield, and you're going to knock that quarterback on his derriere. That's That's the bottom line. And that is how you win in the playoffs. Look at what happened in the Super Bowl. Look at what happened when the Rams won the Super Bowl, how they close it out. Not just in the championship game, but in the Super Bowl, how they close it out. Defense came up big, got into the backfield, got to the quarterback. That is the recipe for it to win in the NFL. That's where it starts from. Everything else, excuse the pun, is secondary. And it's almost uncanny how Sean McVay sees those plays coming. Aaron Donald's going to make a play here, and he does. And you saw Donald just shake his head. Greatness. With his helmet on, ready to go, and he just shook his head and – it's just the rest is history. So, hey, Greatness. Paul, I'll I'll give you uh, w- the one thing we're going to do before we sign off here. I'm going to give you three names in the draft. You may, 
probably already know know these guys and maybe right. already okay. have an opinion. Hopefully, I'm not blowing chunks here on these three guys, but three guys that I like. I'm gonna and I'll I'll give you a name, a position, and one one sentence on them, and we'll run with that. And then you can share yours. You have a few to share as well. Oh yeah, absolutely. So the first guy I want to talk about real quickly, uh, offensive tackle out of Houston, Patrick Paul. Patrick I know Paul. some other some other Ram uh, um, media personalities, shall we say, are already talking about him. Uh, I stumbled across him independently, and maybe a second a starting a starter at the left tackle in the second round, perhaps that knows how to pass block. Another guy I liked, and the Rams aren't going to draft a linebacker early, but, man, this Jeremiah Trotter really excites me. You like Trotter? If you wanted to pair someone with uh, Ernest Jones, how, we've had two good linebackers playing next to each other once in the last 30 years. And yeah, it, was one of our, it was one of our worst seasons, of course, Bobby of Wagner course. and Ernest Jones, but yeah. love Trotter. And the last guy that I really like is I, I – I saw this name on the draft sheet for several weeks, and I said, well, let me look who this – this name's familiar. Who the heck is he? Lad McConkey, the wide receiver Georgia. with uh, Georgia. Yeah, And yeah. I watched some highlight film on him. Now, you go watch some highlight film on him, and you and you tell me who he reminds you of. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Cool. Those are my three, Lad McConkey, Patrick yeah. Paul, and uh, Jeremiah Lad, Trump. Lad McConkey's easy. Watch his film. He's always open. Is that simple? He's always open. Yeah, right? yeah. that simple. Yeah, those those are three. Re- those are three really good picks. And they're they're. I mean, it's uh, they're all probably going to be gone by the end of the second round. So it's not like I'm yeah throwing out uh, amazing research here at you. Uh, these and are guys I, that are all rated and, pretty high. And I'll be honest, all of Ram Nation knows this. Ian knows this. Mark knows this. I have a complete bias for players if their relatives have played in the NFL. Complete bias. I love those players. Love the bloodlines. I think it is in. Yeah, absolutely. Higher rate of success. Right? Go ask Trotter. Go ask Quinn Lake how how his dad helped him out, right? To be a good star star slot corner for us. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to give three names that I don't think a lot of people are talking about. And these are the players that I just just absolutely love. These are the type of guys you want on your roster. I don't care what anybody says about draft position, whatever. I think these players are going to outplay their draft position. And these are not the type of guys you're going to see in the first or second round. So uh, the first one is my absolute favorite is Sione Vaki from my boy from Utah, right? Absolutely one of my favorite. They have him listed as a safety. He plays safety, but a lot of people don't know this. High school, the dude was a beast running back. He sat behind, you know who? Najee Harris. Mm. Najee Harris, right? But watch this dude when he gets a chance to touch the football on the offensive side of it. His interviews are phenomenal for me. That is always the tipping point. You watch them. Uh, play the play the game, but I want to hear them talk about the game, and that tells me that you know that's what sold me on Puka last year. Right, was just that that Puka factor of the grit, the determination, the fearlessness. This kid has it all. He, I call him high velocity Vaki. Right, this is the way the kid plays. Watch him play safety. The kid's a beast, but the extra production as a return person. Right, mm-hmm. think about it back there. Can return kicks. Absolutely love it. In a pinch, right? You you know, some hopefully that'll never happen. He could be like a backup running back, but I mean the kid is destined to play safety. 
The kid is an absolute beast, uh, inspirational to the entire team, uh, dedicated his entire career to his mom who passed away. Uh, mm, so got to love the story. Absolutely the type of player I want on the squad. The other, the other player I absolutely love is this kid linebacker from Kentucky, mm. right? Absolutely one of my favorite, Trevin Wallace. Watch this kid play. Where's the where's the 32? Kid flies around. People are not talking about it. Makes every play. Absolute leader. You could see it. You see the kid's gonna be a baller, right? He's probably gonna wind up blowing up the combine. I'm telling you. You see him more of uh what round do you expect him to go in? You know, it's tough to predict because a lot of people are knocking him for his size, but listen. The way the Rams use their linebackers, it's not like they usually roll out two thumpers out there. They usually have Ernest Jones and somebody who could drop into coverage, blitz, and do everything on the other side of them, right? I think this kid fits the bill. Watch him play and just ask yourself, this kid opposite Ernest Jones, how would it fit? It is a match made in heaven, right? That'd be cool, yeah. He's going to raise a lot of eyebrows. Not a lot of people are talking about him. He will definitely outplay his draft position. All right. And somewhere down the line, he will be wearing the C for an NFL team. Um, the, the other kid, I am totally biased towards safeties. I love safeties. And there's a kid who played with the conductor, right? His name is uh, Malik Mustafa from Wake Forest, right? This kid does it all once again. Love the character part of it. Love the production on the field. Can play strong, can play free. Showing a lot of uh, capability and capacity. Kid produces. Uh, the interviews are phenomenal. Um, um, I love this kid at safety. Those are my three. I think these are the three that no one is talking about, but they will be talking about them after the combine. They'll get the attention. When people watch their film, they're going to be like, holy cow, how did we miss them? And these three are going to go flying up the draft boards. Okay, that's. I knew how much you love Siani Vaki. That's uh, my Siani Vaki. The other two guys, not familiar with. I'll go to check the film on them. Do some reading. I'm really Same interested way. what what you guys think about Lad McConkey. Lad, oh, I already forgot his last name. Lad hey. McConkey. Hey, well, don't worry. All these names, we'll learn them all. I know our own coaching staff. we I was getting it wrong, probably, or one of us were. We'll figure it out, everybody. Don't worry. Just give us give us another week and or two. Every, and everybody knows my my blatant SEC bias. Everybody knows that, and my bias towards Georgia Bulldogs. So, Lad well, McConkey. Hey, don't worry. Les Snead's got a bias too, so that's not a forfeit. Right? So. And Lad McConkey is going to be a great. The only knock on McConkey is that they're saying he can only play out of the slot, and they're probably right. However, that kid out of the slot is going to be instant production. Whoever drafts him, he's going to start from day one out of the slot. The kid is always open. When people talk about these receivers and separation ram nation, that is what they're talking about is that not just being solely reliant on speed and size and being able with routes and everything else. And people saw that at the Senior Bowl. Roman Wilson could not be covered. The kid was open on every play, for those of you that watch the Senior Bowl, right? And the same thing over at the Shrine the Michigan Bowl. Michigan receiver, right? The yep, Michigan, Michigan receiver. receiver. Smaller receiver, right? 5'10", mm -hmm. made all the other receivers. Uh, and by the way, my other, my other uh, draft crush is, I already got his nickname, Slick Rick. Ricky Pearsall, the wide receiver from Florida. Custom made for the Rams. He can play slot outside. That kid is smooth. 
That kid's got great hands. Yeah, I have to apologize, Ian. I know you didn't want to get into a deep dive on the, on the draft I got, yet, I got but here we go. No, no, it's all good. Well, look, at I have this to say. I have this to say about the about the draft, and I'm going to do my film study. I'm going to be – I'll be ready to rock soon. Don't worry, everybody. If we got time, I, I want to see how free agency plans out first, and that will yeah. really dictate our focus. Yeah. But I will say this. I have no three to share right now. I know we just talked about Roman Wilson, who we're probably going to draft another receiver, so that wouldn't shock me. The senior right, receiver right. drafted, but anyone at the senior bowl who had good practices and or a good game, Les Snead and Sean McVay love senior bowl standouts. Think yeah, about it. That Uba would be Nakua, the senior bowl standout. Kobe Turner, senior bowl standout. Cooper Cup, senior bowl standout. Van Jefferson, senior bowl standout. Ernest Jones, senior bowl standout. I mean, we can go down the list. It's pretty ridiculous of how Which, many guys we take. And it's worked out pretty well. I'd say all those yeah. guys have contributed to a championship and or played good football. So, hey, I think anybody at the Senior Bowl who played well and has talked about well, Rams have their eyes on that type of player, whether and, at any and position. You know, and coupled with that, Ian, you know what's divergent for the Rams? Mm-hmm. A lot of NFL teams look down on the players that have played for multiple years that come out a little bit older, right? Um, the Rams are the exact opposite. Those are the like players that. that they embrace, the yep. players that will usually wind up wearing the C because they've been there for so long, yep. right? The Rams do not see that as a negative. They see that character as that the one uh, facet that they're going to use to sort of move them up the board. So that yes. is – so the success at the at the sort of the showcase at the Senior Bowl, right, and other showcases, yep. plus that um, that extra time – Right, the, they, being along in their development and also wearing the C is a big thing for them as well. So you're absolutely right. I think those three together, and you could you could basically see how it clusters, and for the Rams when they start um, stacking their board. Yep. Yeah, there's senior a couple. Guys, of, I'm telling you. Yeah, and there's a couple of Senior Bowl standouts. I know that everybody's talking about, and that's the first thing that occurred to me. Um, they're probably on the Rams' radar. It's oh, kind of a sure. double-edged sword, you know. It's like uh, if if we if the Rams were already if the Rams were the only ones that cared about uh, them shining at the Senior Bowl, but you know, guys like the uh, what, Paul, what's the defensive lineman? Is it Fisk, uh, Braden? Oh, right. for Florida State, the dude's a beast. Yeah, and, and now now he he's just he's just elevated himself from the fourth round, possibly into the second round. Uh, every, everybody, the secret's out, right? Um, the guys are stud because of the senior ball. That's the that's the downside. And you, and you, guys, are, you guys are going to love this because I am absolutely maniacal about this. I love to like go for the go for the jugular. Rams have to decide if they're going to draft Rice or McCaffrey just to stick it to the Niners. All right, I, that oh, occurred to me time, too. One of those guys catches a pass. It's yeah. just gonna burn them on the other side. Brennan, so regardless of where they are, right, so please let's let's be smart. I, I know little McCaffrey is uh, <laughs> that's cool, but Brendan Rice has played, bring played, good football, played, played good football in LA. I think that would probably be the the funnier one. Let's yeah. let's get at the the former goat Jerry Rice. Let's get the sun and, and blue and gold. The, every yeah. pass in a Rams uniform is yeah. worth every dollar. Every dollar for yeah. the Rams. And yeah, no, I can definitely see Brendan coming to us. Uh, speaking of senior bowl standouts, I've I've read that he had a nice senior bowl yeah, practices nice senior bowl. and all that. Yep, so I'm telling you, everybody, keep an eye on those senior bowl guys. McCaffrey did too. A- McCaffrey looks smooth for a converted quarterback who's only played receiver for limited time. I got to tell you, 
I'll go on record as saying McCaffrey, I was impressed, man. That dude on a team like the Rams where he doesn't have to be the go-to guy, where he's got a year or two to really develop, he can open some eyes. That kid, great hands, tough, Puka-esque in terms of toughness. I'm saying it now. Puka-esque in terms of that kid's toughness. So another player that pe- people should not sleep on, he would be a good – and he returns kicks so he could hold down that slot for the Rams as he's developing um, in terms of route running and in the hands. And, and you know who else really elevated their stock uh, in the senior bowl was Spencer Rattler. And uh, I didn't have a high opinion of him. I, 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 I read some some negative things about him, uh, but he he they're saying he was the best quarterback there. But take it for what That's it's not worth. Saying much because the other quarterbacks were like horrendous. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay, so um, did a little bit of a dive into the draft. We'll get back to it next time. Uh, next episode. Next roundtable. Well, I'll I'll send some notes out to you guys. We'll find something to talk about and oh, yeah. we'll start ready. getting into the draft a little bit more free agency. We'll talk next roundtable. Let's definitely talk about safeties and we'll probably get into the draft a little bit, but try to keep the focus on free agency for the time being. That makes sense. And re-sign yeah. Dotson. Resign Dotson. Oh, Come on, buddy. So basic, basically, you want to re-sign Dotson, re-sign Witherspoon, sign uh, Hunter, and trade for Josh Allen and Khalil Mack too. Josh Allen, be, you want to be the best, the rounder, and yeah. Fletcher Cox. If you, to, if you want to be the best, you got to bring the best players and keep them on your roster. That's the bottom line. Easy, yeah. easy scenario. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I think the Rams are in a really good position to to make a run at it. The the 49ers are dealing with some emotional turmoil. Uh, they have some salary cap issues to deal with, and the Rams are the Rams are in a good position to make a run at it, and I think yeah. they will. Yep. I mean, guys, free agency starts in three weeks. Like it's on. It's yeah, up, boy. It, it's yeah. on. Yeah, and we got we got the we got the uh, the, the franchise tags coming up. We, we know who's probably going to wind up being franchise. There are a lot of names being bounced around. I mean, the Rams are in a real, real positive situation. Where the Rams do, I think, the Ram, where the Rams do their best work is in the late signing of free agents. I think they do their best work. They get a lot of value. For yeah, they're them. pretty patient. Yeah, yeah, for the players they bring in. And that's why we need Tom on, too, because Tom understands uh, some of the contract intricacies and some of the tricks that Les Snead and uh, Demoff can pull to make it all happen. You look at the the salary cap, the effective salary cap space, and then it doesn't really look like much, but there are things they can do as far as bonuses and, and uh, this and that. Uh, Tom can speak to it a lot better than I can, so we, we need to get him back on for the free agency free agency discussions, I think. That'll be, that'll be a lot of help. Shoot. And look, man, teams are going to figure out what their cap situations are, right? We talked about Khalil and Bosa, how insane that is for the Chargers and so forth. Cap casualties. I mean, it's three weeks, gentlemen, it's on. And we're going to find yeah. out a lot about how our team views this upcoming season, depending on what they do. And obviously the money's got to fit all together, but yeah. we're going to find out. You, you know, so, Ian, which team I'm spying for free agency who's in a horrendous cap situation? Miami. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be. They're gonna be. They're gonna be surprises there that the Rams could leech off. Of. They're gonna be like, boom, well, there you well, go. Well. Yeah, I we'll think see. The, we have the money to take advantage. That's right. 
Yeah, I think the Rams are in a really good position. It's also a really good time, in my opinion, to make a bet on the Rams because uh, I think their odds are are going to uh, improve. Uh, I mean, shoot, forward. gentlemen, there's already experts in some of the big networks that are already saying Rams Chief Super Bowl. <laughs> wow, really? You know, oh, really? yeah. I mean, not everybody, but there's there's a couple there's a couple out there that that feel good about our squad, and that's cool and all, but hey, we have a long way to go before we're going to, you know get Patrick Mahomes dethroned, right? Get those edge yeah. rushers, get that pass rush, baby. I've wanted to see That's those great. two teams in the Super Bowl ever since that game at the Coliseum. Oh, wow. Was, that would be awesome. That would oh, be awesome. Man. Yeah, that we, were in like, overtime, we were the old overtime rule away from that probably happening, right? Because Brady <laughs> yeah. got the ball first when it was still sudden death, and they beat Kansas City in that AFC Championship game, yeah, which made a right. Patriots. So we were, we were the old overtime away from that reality happening, which would have been crazy. Yeah. Okay. Hey, good, good episode, guys. It was a lot of fun. And uh, I really enjoy you taking the time to talk Rams football. We'll do it again a week from now if you're up for it. Oh, always. Always, always happy to talk uh, football with my Ram brothers. Okay. Thanks a lot, guys. Out here from Rams up. Ram Nation, double barrel Ram horns. (laughs) Let's go, baby. Remember. Get to the quarterback and run the ball. That's how you win games in the NFL. Run to win, baby. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at ramsuppodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com. Till next time, keep the horns up, stay safe, and have fun out there.